0: It's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason Gatanihan! Yeah! Thank you very much! All right! Thank you, Jason Kelly! Thank you! Oh, what a group! Oh! Yes! Aha! <laughs> Thank you! What a group! Oh, my! <laughs> thank you so much ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the Queen's New Yorker I'm your gracious host and moderator Jason Paul decanio for another edition of the Queen's New Yorker right here on anchor Spotify and a whole other list of podcasts that are available at your fingertips that's right and today is our 199th episode of part three of the chain store grocery store a P. yes. Part three is now happening. Yeah. hmm Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. 199 episodes in the books right now, and we're going to go ahead and pick up where we left off on this Tuesday, March 29th, 2022, getting real close to Easter Sunday. And we are right now at total listens. Get this, folks, total listens just for this show, and of course. Our sister show, The Legacy of Queens, put together 3,710 listens. Thank yourself very much for that. We'll get to the applause later. But 3,710 listens, we've come a long way since the beginning, and we hope to get gain new listeners as the program progresses. Now, I have a little bit of, a, of an announcement to make at the end of the program, so stay tuned for that. Right now, let's go and finish up the look at A&P in the two 2000- thousand. 1 to 2015, the final years as a supermarket chain. Remember, all of our information comes from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. So nationwide, Walmart gained a dominant position in the grocery industry, forcing much of the competition to downsize. Though in A&P's core northeast region, Walmart still had not become a major grocery competitor. And then in 2003, after declaring its largest loss... A&P closed Kohl's Food Stores and A&P's remaining stores in Vermont and New Hampshire, reducing it to just over 500 stores. Now, also in 2003, A&P spun off the 8 O'Clock Coffee division, its last manufacturing operation, to Gryphon Investors for $107 million. And then in 2006, Gryphon sold 8 O'Clock Coffee to Tata Global Beverages for $220 million. And then in 2005, A&P sold its 237-store Canadian division consisting of A&P, Dominion, Ultra Food, and Drug Stores, as well as the Canadian Food Basics units to Montreal-based Metro Inc. for the equivalent of 1.7 billion Canadian in cash plus shares of Metro. And then by 2009, the A&P name disappeared from these stores. In 2007, A&P closed its New Orleans division, limiting A&P's footprint to the Northeast. Then in 2007, A&P acquired Pathmark, a longtime Northeastern rival for $1.4 billion. And this allowed A&P to regain its position as the largest grocery retailer in the New York City area and the second largest in the Philadelphia area. However, the Federal Trade Commission declared that as a result of the acquisition, A&P would be a monopoly in parts of Long Island and Staten Island. In its part, as part of its settlement with the FTC, the corporation was forced to divest of some of wall bombs and Pathmarks. When A&P marked its 150th anniversary in 2009, it was ranked only number 21 by Supermarket News, of the top 75 North American grocery retailers based on 2008 fiscal year estimated sales of 9.6 billion US dollars. Tangleman had held approximately 38 and a half uh, 38.5% of A&P with Yucopaya holding 27.5% of the share. The rest was held by individual shareholders and investor groups. Christian Hubb was chairman Eric Claus, and then-president CEO, he left A&P with Sam Martin, assuming these responsibilities. The 2008 recession hit many supermarkets as customers migrated to discount markets in even greater numbers. A&P was especially hard hit because of its increased debt load to complete the Pathmark purchase. And then in June of 2010, A&P stopped paying $150 million in rent on the closed Farmer Jack stores. In August, A&P announced that it would close another 25 stores in Connecticut, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, 13 Pathmarks, 6 A&Ps, 2 Wall Bombs, and 4 Superfresh stores. In September, A&P announced it was selling 7 Connecticut stores to Big Y. Then on December 10th of 2010, bankruptcy rumors surfaced. A&P stock tumbled from over $3 per share to below $1 before trading was halted. Two days later, A&P announced it was filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and according to documents submitted to U.S. Bankruptcy Court in White Plains, New York, A&P listed over $2.5 billion in assets and $3.2 billion in debt. After the filing, A&P remained in operation with its stock symbol changed to GAPTQ, and while it developed a reorganizational plan, then in November 2011, the corporation announced that it had entered into an agreement to receive $490 million of debt and equity financing from Ukipi, Mount Kellett Capital Management, and investment funds managed by Goldman Sachs Asset Management. The agreement enabled a to complete its restructuring and emerge from Chapter 11 as a private ent- entity in 20, early 2012. At this time, Christian Hub left AMP and Tangleman wrote off its books, the remaining equity. Then AMP briefly returned to modest profitability by cutting costs in its remaining stores. And although customer spending further decreased, in 2013, again, a company, AMP, was put up for sale but could not find a suitable buyer. In January of 2014, Sam Martin resigned. In March, Paul Hertz was named CEO and president as the company broke even. Then on January 15th of 2015, the trade publication Supermarket News reported that A&P was still for sale. There were rumors of several parties being interested, including Serbius, still owning Albertson's assets. However, no suitable offers were received. In May, rumors emerged that A&P was in more financial trouble as it declared a huge loss for the previous year, losing more business to better managed competition. As customers were staying away, AMP considered its second bankruptcy filing in less than five years. There were rumors that a and would sell all stores more than 40 miles from its corporate offices, shrinking the company to about 100 stores. Other rumors were that the company would sell all of its stores. Rumors also surfaced about a Chapter 7 bankruptcy and total liquidation, selling the company in pieces, as well as a Chapter 11 bankruptcy with selling in pieces. The company remained for sale as a whole, receiving no bids for any of its stores. Other alternatives were explored, including selling other assets. Then on July 19th of 2015, A&P filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, immediately closing 25 underperforming stores. The next day, A&P announced that 76 of its stores, including Superfresh and Pathmark units, as well as one Food Emporium unit, had been sold to Albertsons, owner of Philadelphia-based Acme Markets. Stop and Shop purchased 25 units, mainly Pathmarks in New York City, Nassau, and Suffolk Counties. The Key Food Corporation Cooperative acquired 23 units, mainly in New York City, including all remaining Food Basics and Food Emporium stores. Morton Williams acquired two Food Emporium stores in Manhattan, while Wakefern Food Corporation, the cooperative which runs ShopRite and Pricerite, acquired 12 units, including nine Pathmark stores. Local grocers also acquired units either through sales or auctions. And all supermarkets were closed by November 25th, Thanksgiving Eve. The last remaining portion of A&P, Best Sellers at A&P, had its stores auctioned in summer of 2016, with 11 stores sold none as going concerns, and six leases rejected. The a and Historical Society describes early stores as resplendent emporiums painted in vermilion and equipped with a large gaslight T-sign. Interiors included crystal chandeliers, tin ceilings, and walls with gilt-edged Chinese panels. These are the store designs. A clerk stood behind a long counter to serve customers, Self-service did not become common until the 1930s, and the cashier's station was shaped like a pagoda. When A&P started offering premiums, the wall opposite the counter was equipped with large shelves to display the giveaways. After John Hartford became responsible for marketing in the 1900s, A&P began offering S&H green stamps to free space for the expanded line of groceries available in the stores. The economy stores John Hartford developed in 1912 eliminated frills, typically 600 square feet. These stores were equipped with basic shelving and a small icebox. And A&P agreed only to short leases so that it could quickly close unprofitable stores. In the early 1920s, A&P opened combination grocery meat produce stores, eventually converting into supermarkets in the 30s. On average, each supermarket replaced six older combination stores. AMP's policy of agreeing only to short term leases resulted in differences in store design in the, into the 1950s. And during the mid 20th century, AMP stores were considerably smaller in size than those of other change, or chains. And as late as 1971, half of the AMP stores were under 8,000 square feet. During the Scott era, Store design was modernized and controlled from headquarters. A&P developed four different sized prototypes, 23,000 square feet, 28,000 square feet, 30, and 32,000 square feet. Family Mart stores were combination grocery drug units with 40,000 square feet of floor space. During the Wood era, A&P developed the future store concept. These supermarkets used black and white decor Family Mart would serve as the test bed for the concept design. Future Store was one of two concepts A&P launched during the 1980s, the other being Save-A-Center, also defunct. Future Store's first supermarket was in the New Orleans area in 1984, where A&P converted two Kroger stores it had acquired. The first conversion of an A&P to the Future Store format was in New Jersey in 1985. The future store concept A&Ps in the southeastern U.S. plus its traditional mid-Atlantic region operating in the Philadelphia area under the Superfresh name. But in the late 1980s, all future stores had been rebranded or closed. And like its sibling supermarket, Save-A-Center, A&P Future Store was identified by its features and color scheme. The future store interior was black and white compared to the green and white of Save-A-Center stores. Most future stores also had a glass atrium storefront. And in addition, future store signage featured picograms, similar to those of European supermarkets. Future stores typically offered the latest in gourmet departments and electronic services in exclusive neighborhoods. Future stores' amenities were more gourmet and specialty-oriented than found at a traditional A&P or Save-A-Center supermarket. Future Stores also had more modern fixtures and machinery than A&P's had at the time. And since the concept was never adopted for a widespread rollout, A&P phased out the Future Store nameplate, closing some stores and converting others to A&P or Save-A-Center. Many customers felt Future Store did not have the same panache of other upscale food retailers, which not only offered more gourmet products, but also cooked, and delivered at. So A&P, however, did not immediately change the interior of the future stores, unlike its saver centers, after A&P began to rebrand them as A&P food markets in the 90s. In the mid-1990s, A&P began adding pharmacies, concentrating on building units of 45,000 square feet to 65,000 square feet. And then in the early 1980s, there was a discussion for A&P to open a store in Saudi Arabia due to the booming oil industry at the time. AP Preservation reported in March of 2018 that AP did open a store in Saudi Arabia in Riyadh. Tangleman representative Petra Cech says that the name was licensed to Saudi operators. The store was most likely converted to the Saudi rendition of Safeway. And for most of its history, AP operated its stores under that name. The name that name changed during the Scott and Wood eras when A and P created chains or used the original names of acquired chains chains. The following were A and P's retail operations under a different name. You had Family Mart Plus Super Fresh, Food Basics in US and California, Kohl's Food Stores, Dominion, Ultra Food and Drug Miracle Mark, the Food Emporium, Wall Bombs, which was acquired in eighty six. Farmer Jack, a 79-store supermarket chain based in Detroit, Saver Center, and then Pathmark, which was a large New York area chain that was one of A&P's major competitors when it was acquired in 2007. And when A&P was founded, there was no branded food products, and retailers sold food commodities in bulk. In 1870, the company became among the first to sell a branded pre-packaged food product introducing Thea Necker brand tea. In 1885, the name A&P was introduced on baking powder containers. Also in the 80s, 1880s, the company adopted the name 8 O'Clock for its coffee. And when A&P moved its headquarters to Jersey City, New Jersey in 1907, it included a bakery and coffee roasting operation. A&P's evolution into one of the country's largest food manufacturers was the result of the 1915 court decision in the cream of wheat litigation that upheld the right of a manufacturer to sell to set retail prices. To keep prices down, A&P put emphasis on private, labeled goods, and by 1962, A&P operated 67 plants before consolidating many of them into the 1.5 million square foot Horseheads facility, which was the largest food manufacturing plant in the world under one roof. As late as 1977, Private Label represented 25% of A&P's sales with A&P manufactured products accounting for over 40% of this total. That year, A&P Manufacturing reported sales of $750 from its 23 plants, which by itself would have ranked A&P's manufacturing group at about number 350 in the Fortune 500. Until the creation of a combined manufacturing group in 1975, the corporation's production operations were conducted by four separate divisions. The bakery, the coffee part, the dairy, and the grocery. And then in the mid-1990s, A&P introduced a new simplified store brand called America's Choice, which would last until the chain's demise in 2015. In Canada, the brand was called Master Choice. This same branding was used for A&P's gourmet items in its U.S. stores. 2008 and 09, the corporation added the environmentally sensitive Greenway brand, Gourmet Food Emporium, Trading Company brand, and Low Cost Food Basics Alternative. What became Women's Day was started by AMP in 1931 as a free leaflet with menus. In 1937, it was expanded into a magazine that was sold exclusively in AMP stores. For five cents. Circulation reached three million in 1944 and four million by 1958 when the magazine was sold to Fawcett Publications. And then, if you look in the arts and entertainment and media, from 1924 to 1936, AMP was the sponsor of the musical radio show, The AMP Gypsies. You also, AMP was the longtime sponsor of Kate Smith's radio program. 1951 Popeye short Vacation with Play. The two squirrels in the cartoon originally spoke a transcribed radio announcement for an A&P advertisement on Jane Parker's Donuts. The store is the setting for John Updike's 1961 short story A&P. They also partnered with the Lifetime Network to produce the food reality series Supermarket Superstar in 2013. In the 2001 book Good to Great, A&P was one of the companies examined against its rival Kroger. And finally, in 2007, A&P was the location where rap song Produce Paradise was filmed by brothers Mark and Matt DeVilia. AMP settled a lawsuit out of court. And there you have it, friends. A look at, in three parts, the history of AMP's supermarkets. There you have it. Oh, yeah. Wonderful! Yes, I think we I think we summed up the history of A and P in three parts in a nice way, and we got the attention of a lot of our Facebook group people in the Queen's pages. So I am very happy to announce that uh, part two got a tremendous listening of uh, of 18 listens. Uh, just on that episode, and we hope that with this Part 3, they get more uh, hyped up about it. All right, so, of course, we're here at the end of our show, and I promised you an announcement. As you know, Episode 200 will be this Thursday, um, March 31st. That's right. We will have the 200th episode of the Queens New Yorker right here, uh, being recorded for you. And in this uh, time frame, we're going to look at, we're going to listen to an old episode one, where there was really nothing going on, and <laughs> the intro of our first show. And uh, we'll play that, and then we're going to uh, look back at most of the shows and see uh, what we covered so far, and give you a little bit of a reminiscing of. You know, how each episode of the two hundred of the, the 199 ep- episodes basically fared as far as listens was concerned. We'll go through that and look through also how many uh, uh, podcast uh, uh, websites we are on. We'll let you know all about that. I'll let you know about the group pages. And give you all of that as we look at our reminiscing show, which could be longer than a half an hour. Could be almost an hour. But this is going to happen this Thursday, March 31st, right here on Spotify and Anchor. Right here on the Queens New Yorker's 200th episode special. Alright, with all that said and do, thank you again for joining me here today. Next up on our program, as far as supermarkets is concerned, we're going to be looking at the next of, um, of supermarkets um, that is part of the New York, um, let me see, the Northeast here. We looked at A&P, so I'm going to, um, uh, let me see, let me put New York City supermarkets. There we go. Yep. New, new <laughs> uh, not New City, New York City supermarkets. There we go. Put that in. Ah. Uh, well yeah, that that was part of the cuisine of New York. Let me see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All uh, here we go. The cuisine of New York City. And then we look we we're, we're looking at uh notable food and beverage companies. So the next one that we're going to be looking at, I hope it's got a long <laughs> doesn't have that much of a history. Okay. Would have been the Arizona Beverage Company, but that's Nope, well, let's see. How about do cheese? Uh, doesn't look pretty promising. That doesn't have a, a long history, so let's see. Uh, Baumount's doesn't have one. Wow. Benihana. Ooh. Nope, not long enough. Let's see. Blimpy. Ooh, Blimpy. Look at this. Yeah, we'll be looking at Blimpy. Remember Blimpy, folks? Blimpy was the sandwich it used to be America's sub shop. It used to be big before, uh... Uh, Subway came out and did all that So we'll be looking at the history of Blimpy International Inc The American submarine sandwich chain Based in Scottsdale, Arizona And it was founded in Hoboken, New Jersey In 1964 by three friends And has since endured three ownership programs And has played a pretty good part As far as in New York I've seen it a lot when I was growing up The Blimpy Sandwich, big stuff big time we'll look at episode 201 when we come back after our anniversary episode 200 that'll be this saturday april 2nd we'll look at the Blimpie company okay thanks again for joining me here on the queen's new yorker i'm your host jason DeCanio. hope you have a great rest of the day we will see you on thursday remember be honest be real and keep it simple stupid kiss yes. <laughs> You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCannio internet presentation. Thank you for your support.